You're listening to TFP, The Fan's Perspective. Greeting, Earthlings. We have now taken over your radio. Can't be mad. Can't be mad at be real. Uh, you know what it is, man. This is how we bring it to the end. This is the fans' perspective, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, and I am here with my brother. Remy say, what's good, everybody? And tonight, we got a very special guest, you know, friend of the show in the building, my man, Joe... Cantrell, ladies and gentlemen. That's what it is. Nice and smooth. Um, welcome. Welcome to the show. And then thank you. Thank you for tuning in. We're bugging out. But we'll have some fun today and we're just going to talk shit and kick it with you because we know that is. I keep telling you, consciousness over coochie, politics over punani. Oh, God damn it. Wise words. <laughs> Yo, man, we're fucking around. It's Wednesday, May 13, 2020. Coronavirus is in effect. Quarantine, lockdown. What the fuck are we doing? We are... um, Watching fights. We're we're stuck, but we're watching fights. The fact that Joe's here means we're sort of breaking quarantine rules. You know what it is. Lots Lots of Purell at the door. Lots of Purell at the door. <laughs> they actually gave me a strip shirt when I came in. <laughs> <sighs> yes, yes. We did the nose swab. We did the finger prick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he had su- to take three sips of Lysol. <laughs> they were surprisingly gentle. Gave him a shot of bleach. <laughs> <laughs> I had some Lysol chewables. That was good. <laughs> yeah, man. He yeah. had to do the Tide Pod challenge to That's get right. the door. That's right. All right. So let me stop talking shit. Um, this is Charlie Tricks. Thank you for tuning in again. I know it's pretty hectic out there what's going on with the quarantine situation. So if you're tuning in to us, hopefully it's for a little getaway. We're going to talk. <laughs> We're just going to be us. And you guys will like it or you won't. So whatever. Good luck. Remy, say how you feeling. Good, man. Good. I was excited to get Joe to come through the building. We always talk fights. And we had discussed Gaethje Ferguson before the fight. And we had had a conversation about how I was uncomfortable with it. Joe was like, man, Gaethje's a bad matchup for Ferguson. And it kind of went in a, in a direction that breaks my damn heart because we will never get to see Tony Ferguson versus Khabib. I've given up hope. You know what, though? It's kind of a good thing because every time that fight gets scheduled, something bad happens. And it's, it's gotten cursed. worse every time. Yeah. Now it took the plague. It took a literal plague <laughs> a to pandemic. stop uh, that fight from happening. That fight pandemic. is so cursed that a pandemic happened. <laughs> the in entire order to world. If they tried it. to do it again, it probably would have been frogs. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Raining frogs. Yeah. Uh, if it if it if they try to book that fight again, it'll be a oh, Terminator Two Judgment Day. <laughs> the murder hornets <laughs> were the precursor. Yeah, they were yeah. just a warning. It'll either be an asteroid, or you know, AI will go online with cognizance or something. That's <laughs> it. Wipe Skynet. us all out. Skynet. Skynet's yeah. coming. Yeah. 
Yo, so Joe, it's been a it's been a few weeks since we've had you back on. Yeah, we had you here uh, during the start of the Corona, I think. That's no, right, right before. What is uh, what's going on with you? Say what's up to the crowd and who's listening. What's okay. going on? So you basically, you know, as I don't know if you guys have listened, fans of the show, you know that I'm a Muay Thai instructor by by trade, and uh, since this started, they've caused put the kibosh on all gyms, including Muay Thai gyms. So, um, basically it's been like a mad scramble to find ways to cover bills, et cetera, you know, <laughs> delivering groceries. Um, now I've branched off to delivering medical supplies, which by the way is damn scary. Right. Yeah. Um, cause they give you like a cooler with all the stuff in it. I'm like, I don't even want to know what's in there. Let's put it in the back. Uh, I feel like yeah, it's, it's not, it's not a good time. Um, and uh, I've, I actually had to drive into the city on, uh, it was like, a, I think it was either a Friday or Saturday morning. And it was literally like, um, like, like that movie with Will Smith when all of New York is gone and he's the only person walking around. <laughs> uh-huh. It literally felt like that. Like I was driving around at like nine o'clock I am in the legend. morning. Yeah, exactly. I was driving around New York City and it was like, I'd see a person walk and then there'd be like nobody else. Like we'd be like one person walking on the sidewalk. No. If you've been to New York City, you know that's like insanity. Yeah, I mean, it's usually like tons and tons of people walking around. There's one person walking down the sidewalk. I was like, this is crazy. Can I tell you a fun fact that I I don't know if it's held up because it's been a few weeks since I saw this little random piece of trivia, but um, because there were less cars on the road, you would expect traffic fatalities to be down. But in New York, they actually stayed fairly steady. They didn't drop that much. And it was because everybody who was on the road was just driving way faster. So any crash was a bad one at that point. Yeah. So shout sense. out to New York drivers for. Well, I can tell you this. Taking um, a yard. After not driving for a few weeks and then having to dip out and uh, get on 17, everybody seems to think they were a drag racer and there was very few cars but like the five guys that were out there were like in a race (laughs) with each other just chilling and like i and i also the other thing that was weird and i don't know if anybody listening feels this way but maybe it was just me but i i felt like i was out of practice almost oh, yeah. driving like after not driving for uh, for like a little bit i was like damn i'm out of practice kind of here <laughs> I, I, don't, uh, I don't know mm. um i just didn't feel as smooth as i normally do like usually i feel smooth like i could handle any kind of situation behind the wheel and and the past few times i had to do it i was just like i haven't been driving much and i'm just like whoa what I've been driving a little slower, a little more cautiously. Yeah. Well, it's funny too because I, I feel like it is a good thing in the burbs where like I'm pretty much staying now. Uh, it's like rally car driving on the side roads. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everybody's like, you got, that, you got a line. small car too. Right? Yeah, I've, I've got like a what's basically a rally car. So for me, it's okay, except for the fact that the New Jersey potholes almost swallowed my car whole the other day. Now that's something they should be fixing now with less people right no out. no wait Let's till we all have to be somewhere and then block <laughs> yeah, up the and then roads we'll just block the roads right this is the perfect time for that yeah i mean initiative. i live on like a semi-main road and by like 8 39 o'clock at night you could lay down in the middle of the road because no car is coming that's crazy yeah really yeah, you 
Sorry, what? <laughs> I don't know if digging is the word I would choose. Wait, are you are you up north? North, more north. Yeah, more west. I'm more east, actually. I'm headed, I'm closer to the city. Okay. Throg's neck. No, not quite that close. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Yeah. Oh, no. no, I'm just fucking up. Sorry. Me, so Coronavirus. Coronavirus. <laughs> Shit is getting real. I can't breathe. Call nine one one. I can't breathe. Uh no, I'm just fucking around. Um, remind me not to hit that in the middle of the show. Um, yeah, man. So the fights the other night were something we, we wanted. Finally to, got UFC back. We finally got UFC back. So let me ask you this: you have been out and about in the thick of it, mm-hmm. you know, trying to make this happen. So you you see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, um you kinda you kinda get to see how people are mingling because of what you gotta do, right? So it's like tight, it's not tight, people taking care, they're not taking care. So how does your opinion from that perspective transfer into how you felt about the fight did you think it should go on did you think it was a good idea and were you happy with what you saw and how it played out 23 out of 24 fighters tested negative and went on with a good fight one tested positive he knew beforehand he came in contact with it and they they did extra precaution with him what did you feel after how all played out you know considering your personal experience because you're still out there um well i mean look first you know you 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 talk about being a fan like yeah i was just as excited as everybody else like oh thank god a a new fight like i mean i've like i've exhausted my ufc fight pass app i mean i've i've watched fights i don't even i don't even know who the fighter is i'm just like oh yeah Yeah, exactly i'll just watch a fight just to watch a fight at this point um, I mean, it could be Pancrase, uh, I don't know, like <laughs> professional, professional bull riding. I mean, at this point it's a, it's closest thing to a fight. I'll watch it. Sumo wrestling, anything. Um, as far as, as do I think it was a good idea? Yes and no. Yes. Because I think it did kind of lift the morale of at least people that were fans of the sport. Right. We were like, oh, we were all I mean, all of us were like super happy. Yeah. And it, it kind of felt somewhat normal on a Saturday night to be watching a UFC fight. So in that respect, yes. Now, do I think it was a good idea putting some of the fighters health at risk? No. Um, I mean, we this is only, it only happened last Saturday. For all we know, every fighter on that card could have got exposed and brought it back home to their family. And next week, we're going to hear about how, you know, of the, what did you say, 24? 24 fighters. Yeah, out of the 24, uh, 10 of them come down with COVID and have elderly people in their home or whatever. Something terrible, some fucking miserable shit like that will go down. Uh, hopefully not. I'd like to think positively, but yeah, exactly. My bad. Knock on wood. <laughs> right? There you go. Here's the only way to do The coconut. Um, but yeah, and... You know, as far as like what I thought of the performances, well, <laughs> I, I said to Remy earlier, I, I, I watched the whole card and honestly, 
I don't know. I'm going to sit here and shit talk if I start talking about it. I'm going to, I'm going to get ruthless with it. Like, well, let's talk about, let's pick individual fights to discuss. All right. That way. All right. Yeah. Let's start. On, all right. Let's start from, let's go from the lower card up. Let's we'll do it quickly. And we can, okay. Well, we, one fight spend just to time. talk about one that stood out to me that I thought was a fantastic fight was Vicente Luca versus Nico Price. Neither guy wanted to step back. They got into a match of just Slugfest. winging shit at each other. And uh, Luca came out, but that was a great fight to me. I mean, fights like that that are like toe to toe and no one gives an inch are definitely entertaining. Um, but you, you know how I feel about shit like that. That shit makes me crazy. <laughs> it's like some someone demonstrate that you have footwork other than a forward and back line. You're not fencing, guys. It's professional fighting. There's things called lateral movement and angle. I, I'm I'm a I'm a fan of that that more than I am the the swing fest. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a brawl. It's a good time. But, mm. you know, at the pro level, we shouldn't be seeing brawls. And that's what's funny is Luca can do everything you think of a good, technically proficient fighter. And if you get him into a brawl, he will scrap. And it happens with almost all of his fights. He gets himself in trouble doing that. Shit. So do you think it's bravado? I I have no idea. I think some guys have that in them where when they get hit, they feel they feel compelled to get it back right away. Mm-hmm. I think that has cost Cody Garbrandt the entire every fight that he's lost. I've felt like he looks good for a while. He gets clipped once and then he's like, let me get that back. And he gets hit harder. See, for that's it. interesting. That you said that because if you saw his fight against Cruz, mm-hmm. I felt like with the fight against Cruz, I don't I don't know what what was different with Cody after the fight with Cruz. But with that fight with Cruz, he was so composed. Locked in. He's so composed. I don't know what's going on in his personal life. Maybe it's something we don't know from behind the scenes. But since that fight, I've never seen that same Cody Garbrandt show up. The guy that shows up is overly emotional, wide swinging, completely abandoning any semblance of discipline in his defense and technique. And... I I really was thinking great things of him. Like I was like, mm-hmm. I was rooting for him. I was like, this guy is going to be great. Especially after that performance against Cruz, it was like he was climbing that ladder. And then the fight after Cruz was against um, TJ, the guy that, yeah, TJ, the guy that fights out of Dwayne's gym. And he looked like a fucking rank amateur. Yep. He got emotional in the, in all the, all the um, press conferences and things like that. He let TJ in his head way too much. He lost that fight before he even stepped into that octagon in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, and he's never been the same since that loss. And actually, another one, that to me, Cody Garbrandt has one of the greatest title fight performances I've ever seen in my life and has looked, you know, he's he looks clean when he starts and then he just gets sloppy really quickly. Mm-hmm. Another fighter who I think had the performance of a lifetime, one of the greatest performances I've ever witnessed, and then... Has never come close to matching it. Holly Holm. That's another one I think of with that. Yeah. Okay. But here's the thing. All right. Look, the fight that she looks the greatest in. Obviously, you're referring <laughs> yeah. to one against Ronda Rousey, right? Yes. Absolutely. Look, look. Well, no. No. If I may jump in there, I will say that leading up to Ronda Rousey, she had a series of standing with MMA fighters and then kicking them in the face and completely knocking them cold and it was like several fighters and that like real i think that really threw her over the edge <laughs> she was a great stand-up striker 
But that fucking head kick knockout, well, she was like, she got in with MMA and she was like, what? And chicks were just falling. The strike well, force well, run. Well, yeah, because yeah, like, well, I was going to say, didn't she come from, she came from professional boxing. Wasn't she like the preacher's daughter? Mm-hmm. Some yeah. terrible fight name like that. <laughs> yeah. Female like, MMA or female boxer of the year. Yeah. Multiple and times. And then moved into kickboxing, did very well in there. Mm-hmm. And then she came into MMA and in the beginning, the lower tier fighters. And then, listen, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you guys lose fans when I say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> Ronda Rousey did great things for putting women in visibility in the fight sport game, for sure. However, she herself was basically a one-trick pony. If she couldn't get her fucking hands on you and throw you on the ground, she was done. Mm-hmm. And you saw Misha Tate give her a Head fucking- moment. Head movement. Yeah, give her <laughs> what head movement. Exactly. She, she looks like she has a fucking medical collar on when she fights, Rhonda. Right? And can't turn. She's like, like fucking, she had Batman's cowl on. What? <laughs> you know what I mean? And then. All shoulders. Yeah, she, totally. I mean, look, like she's, you know, I, I feel bad for her in a way because people really shit on her after that. And that's not her fault. I believe it was the fault of the people around her that told her, Rhonda, you can do this. And if you looked on paper, there was no fucking way she was going to do it. You're going in with a striking expert who knows your game plan. Because, shit, Helen Keller knows Ronda Rousey's game plan. Yep. She tried to touch me. <laughs> that's all she <laughs> No, that's the, but that wasn't exactly the problem. The problem was two fights prior, her striking led to knocking out a couple people. Oh yeah, she, and then she, she got the in her head. Some there were talk. There were talk of like there were people like Muhammad Ali talk, like really gassing, super gas, extra gas up. And Muhammad Ali. So and I just think that you know when you do that, that's awful. And you try to like she her she could have when this girl threw the first punch, she could have fucking dove in. You know, and did well, immediately. I'm shot. gonna. Sh- she no. She tried to stand in. Well, and she strike. never shot with anybody. But, like she, she literally had judo throws. She had to get a. I'm not saying shoot, but throw. like as soon as the person throws the punch and they, their yeah, hand has is, something, and their hand is hook a in, on high. her. She was grabbing that thing and ripping people down. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it looked like to me. Well, here's the thing and about it. it it's a different time frame. That era of women's MMA was like there wasn't as much uh, of a talent pool. So for Ronda, she was groundbreaking and she did a lot of great things. She was able to get fights to the ground, but the attention she brought to the sport probably made it so that we have so many higher level fighters. Women coming from other combat sports, a lot of Muay Thai, uh, a lot of the world of Muay Thai is now into well. And it's Ronda just Rousey's make it a deeper um, pool of talent. Ronda Rousey's beef with Misha Tate alone mm-hmm. made it so that mm-hmm. you know this was this was like something that we want to watch. This was something, and it and it was worth it because yeah, that shit went on. I mean, it was both so much respect for both of those women. Well, Misha was the first person and, to take uh, her out of the out of the did. first round, right? Yep. And then Misha couldn't get the rematch with Ronda, and Holly Holm got the upset. Of Ronda, and then Misha came out and with a miracle submission on uh, Holly Holm, choked her to sleep mm-hmm. and got her title. Was a UFC champion before all was said and done. It was like a really cool 
end of career moment. The, I think getting back to Los's point, I think with the hype surrounding Ronda's striking, I also believe her boxing coach kind of <laughs> led that. Because here's the thing. It's it's actually, Ronda's not the first person to fall victim to that. I feel like a lot of these guys, I mean, we're actually watching a guy right now. We're watching Andre Olosky fight. Andre Olosky is a Sambo champion. <clears throat> because he did boxing, uh, as he became more of an MMA, as he came up in the MMA f- fighting ranks and he had some success with his boxing until his stupid flying knee with Tim Sylvia, um, or was it, no, was it Tim? The not, flying not, knee no, was Fedor. Was Fedor. Tim <laughs> Sylvia was just him being overly aggressive when he had him on Queer Street. Mm-hmm. Um, he has never demonstrated any of the grappling. I can't think of one Orlovsky fight that he's... Not in a long time. Yeah. And that's, the first Sylvia fight, I think he got a submission. Right. And that's that seems to be a malaise with MMA fighters. They get a boxing coach and suddenly they fall in love with boxing. And the MMA aspect of their MMA game goes out the window. Like their grappling yes. stops. I'll agree with you there, but I will say this. How many grapplers are really, are there really at heavyweight? There's you know. a few. There's a few. Because Frank Mir was up there for a long time. Okay, uh, right now. Rod? Right now in the top 10, uh-huh. how many DC, grapplers? DC is DC, like, DC stands and bangs until he has to use his wrestling. But if he has to, he's going to wrestle. Uh, but Curtis saying, Blades Curtis Blades is one. And then I who think uses the wrestling? Walmart. Maybe Corey that, Anderson? How about that Russian guy that fought, Corey, yeah. that fought last Saturday? Oh, Alexi Olenek. The one that gets the, the, um, what do you call it? the Ezekiel choke from Weird Angles. That's Alexi Olenek. Olenek. He, so you're talking about three out of the top ten. Use and I don't grappling. even think Olenek's top ten anymore. So, but but I'm, I'm okay. But I'm not. This isn't you know exclusively a heavyweight issue. It's but no, I'm just saying. Yo, I like in the, in the heavyweight division. Well, like you see how there's a difference. Like these guys only want to stand there and punch each other in the face. Because if you can get knockouts as easily as a heavyweight... It's harder to grapple. It's a little scary. Or am I bugging? But no, here's it, one it thing I wanted to cardio do. cardio suffers tremendously. Yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, the, the, only, the only other good, really cardio-dominant heavyweight that I can think of... Uh, huh. What, what, yeah, and he has massive knee injury. And back. Who, yeah. Couture? Kane Velasquez. Oh, Velasquez? Yeah. Oh. But um, what I, mean, I was going to say, just to segue back to the, the people falling in love with striking, is actually this weekend we saw somebody who is probably one of the most talented wrestlers if we look at his amateur wrestling career and has you, yeah, never attempted. I don't think he's got a single takedown attempt in his UFC career. Yeah, and It's insane. But here's the thing. Here's what happens with these so guys. So good. No. They, they know that getting the fight of the night is going to be predicated probably on striking. Mm-hmm. They know that the fans are going to make them a fan favorite if they dominate with striking. So what Gaethje's done is kind of intelligent. He's He knows that his wrestling is probably... I mean, he's probably the best, one of the best grapplers, if not the best grappler in most UFC, on almost every UFC card he's on, right? Mm. So he knows that he doesn't have to worry about getting taken down. He has no fear of the takedown. He knows that guy's scramble is fucking insane. I mean, that folk style wrestling, that's all it is. It's scramble, scramble, scramble. He can scramble all day long. I mean, the the whole thing, uh, we were talking about this earlier. If he fights Habib, Mm-hmm. Habib's going to want to do what? He's going to either back up to bring Gaethje forward. This is Habib's uh, MO. I'll back up to the black line, right? 
to get you to come forward and chase me. And then I'll shoot the takedown, turn and put you against the cage, leg lace you, and then proceed to walk up your body and pound the fuck out of your head. Right? Yep. And if that doesn't work for Habib, he'll fake a couple of shots. He'll fake some striking, get the guy to back up, and then he'll plow forward, take a couple of shots, but he doesn't give a shit. He could take a good hit, get his double, get you down, put you back against the cage, leg lace you, and then proceed to walk up your body and pound the fuck out of you. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be able to do that with a guy who scrambles like Gaethje. I mean, like when this is something we talked about earlier before the podcast. Gaethje is probably one of the few guys that has actually wrestled with Jordan Burroughs and scored points on him. Yeah, Jordan Burroughs, though, like, probably... <laughs> Jordan cool. Burroughs who fucking smoked Ben Askren? Yeah, yeah. that Jordan Burroughs. That Jordan Burroughs. <laughs> Jordan, Burroughs is a, time. Jordan Burroughs is a fucking scary human being. He He's the kind of person that... If You're I, so upset. If I, if, if I had to deal with him, I would be like, no, I'm going to have to run him over my car. Right. The only way I'm getting out of this is by running him over I'm with my shooting car. You, brother. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. If he decides to take you down through a brick no, wall, you're fair. going through. He's breaking the cage. Yeah, it's going to be like a fucking stuff. Warner Brothers cartoon. Your body. <laughs> I know it's not fair. Blast double. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so <laughs> now your limbs fall speaking off. on because Khabib versus Gaethje has to happen now. This that's the fight to make. I think Dana White's already said it's happening. Something that interests me is uh, we know Habib likes to work from a single leg. He likes to wrap you up, and once he gets it, you're in trouble. How do you feel that affects Gaethje's bread and butter, the leg kick? Because we saw that shit work magic this weekend. I don't think it affects it at all. I don't think, no. Somebody at that level of wrestling is just going to be like, grab my leg, go ahead. If if you can catch it, catch it. No, I was just going to say, just give us your analysis then. I don't feel like it will. The I, I don't, leg kick won't matter. What do you think is going to go down? No, no, no. I don't think that... The it, single leg threat. Yeah, it's going to stop Gaethje's leg kick game. Cause the, and this is what Gaethje did to Ferguson. Gaethje starts to... What they call the L-step, right? It's back into the side. Back into the side. So every time he'd kick Ferguson, back into the side he'd go. And um, it seems like... Who's Gaethje's trainer? I can't remember his name. I know he's part of the Ludwig camp. Oh, Whitman? Yeah. That guy has trained Gaethje. He's groomed him intelligently. There's a couple of habits Gaethje has. And Whitman, I don't know. I mean, the cornering Whitman was giving Gaethje during that fight Saturday was very, very good. I I, I was actually really glad they let us hear it um, because he was calling him on his bad shit. Those winging fucking right hands, which make me cringe every time he throws them. <laughs> um, but I thought I thought getting, not, I thought what you were saying, like he not only call him, but he did it in a way where it was like, like I felt like he was kind of reaching him. Yeah, yeah, like, you know what I mean. Like they, you could tell that they they communicate. Like, like, like I like the way he talks too. I, I like mm-hmm. the very direct coach. I'm not a fan of um, that's what that coach from Arizona. That calls all his fighters by Mister and Mrs. and and Bruce Roberts. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. What's his name? Aye. There's two of them. The, the name uh, Winkle John, Jackson Wink. Jackson yeah. Wink. Like, okay, Mister Jones. <laughs> Greg Jackson. Let's let's take it down a notch and breathe. Down to the sash of my balls. Like, like, like I swear to God, the guy's gonna start lighting incense in the corner. There was there was a moment with the Gacy fight where Gacy comes back to the corner. It's between the second and third round where I thought Gacy was gonna gas at this point, and I was like. He just got dropped. This is it. This is the part where he's gonna just he's gonna start to slow down. And Whitman sat him down and was like, "You're throwing a hundred percent on everything. What the hell is that?" 
take 10% off everything you throw. And it was like, we started laughing. Yo, we were cracking up. Yo, there was a point too where, where he sat down. I think it was between the fourth and the fifth. And he was like, listen to me. He's like, the last time you got cocky, you got knocked out. Having fun. You, he, you're, oh, having too, you're, like, having, you're having too much fun right now. It's like, yeah. It was Last like, time you started like, thinking it's Dial fun. it back. Like, he was, like, talking <laughs> yeah. to him, like, just telling, like, dial it back. And, and it was just like, wow. By the time, like, and you could see that um, Gaethje immediately was like, you're right. I've, I lost twice because I didn't, I, I got over. In a row. I got overexcited. In a row. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, and this dude's just like, yeah, so take focus, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's just like, all right. And you see him refocus, and it's just like, yes, that's that's the kind of corner where you're just like, wow. Because you've seen, like, not for nothing. Like, I love and respect all these fighters and things, but you see, like, when when you're watching, you know, when like at the time when Ronda Rousey was going on her downfall, the f- and this dude, head movement, head movement. <laughs> like, that in between, the cornering, and that's, like, it was just, it just wasn't there. It just, you could see, like, everybody was off. It wasn't just the fighter. Yeah. They, you it, know, like, was, everyone was, was out the, of sequence. It was more of a big show than they anticipated, <clears throat> I feel like. I feel like, like, everyone had, it was a step off, you know, and, and that's yeah. how, it, at least from the fans' perspective, that's and, how it fucking looked. And just getting, going into the Ronda thing real quick, who thought it was a good idea to put her in there against Amanda Nunes. Holy shit. Like, <laughs> like why didn't you just execute Ronda before the fight? It would have been more humane. The mystique of Ronda was still there. Even after the Holly no, Holm ass there was, opens, there, was there was still people that I didn't. I thought for sure after she got head kicked by Holm, everybody would have been like, she's human. And then looked at Amanda Nunes and went, that bitch is not human. Like Amanda, <laughs> Amanda no. Nunes is a physical specimen. I would be afraid to fight Amanda Nunes. She's and she's I outweigh her by like forty pounds. A beast. Bro. And she looks like she'd wrap you up and rip your limbs off and feed them to you. And, and so I didn't. I, I don't know. I sometimes I feel like I feel bad for these fighters because I feel like the hype gets to them, gets into their head, and mm-hmm. makes them believe they're superhuman. And uh, yeah, that's all I'll say about that. But. Getting back to the Gaethje thing, which you said about will the single leg from Habib uh, affect Gaethje? I don't think so. I don't think Habib will be very successful with the single leg. I feel like, um, you know, the wrestling is not new to Gaethje. Um, The one thing I am going to say, though, that I am curious about is we've seen Gaethje's career in MMA and he's almost like never used wrestling, as you had pointed out earlier. I'm curious as to in the MMA setting, in the big show, the big fight, the fight that's really the one that's going to define him as a UFC champion, because he doesn't even take the belt he got from Ferguson serious. You saw that he threw it it on the ground. Um, Is being possibly forced to have to wrestle going to take him off his rhythm? Because at this point, he's basically gone. How many fights without wrestling? Like... So many. Yeah, you're right about that. You're right about that. that. That's that's the only X factor I can't account for on my on my opinion with the uh, fight analysis. Mm-hmm. I, I'm curious. I'm also. I would be very curious to see how he's training in in general. Like if wrestling is at all a part of because look to to take a guy that was predominantly a wrestler and turn him to groom him to be 
an elite level striker, which I feel like that's kind of what we see with him. There's definitely been a progression in his striking is a very, a very time consuming thing. Um, you know, cause you're, you're, there's a lot of variables that are beyond your control in, in fighting It's particular professional fighting. Um, so in, knowing that I, I feel like, um, they're not dedicating as much time to wrestling as they might need to in preparation, especially for Habib. And if they haven't been doing it right along, you got to wonder if Gaethje's wrestling has backstepped. And the only reason he hasn't had to worry about it is because everybody saw the Jordan Burroughs thing and was like, well, fuck it. I'm not even going after this guy, even though Gaethje might not even be wrestling anymore. Mm-hmm. It's a, you know, and I'd have to actually see one of his fight camps to tell you what's going on. I, I'm going to, I'm going to play devil's advocate on that and say, I think that him, his coach, are so a level top notch that they do that on a regular that's a daily routine for him and he's just so good at it that it's not being presented so you're not seeing it highlighted but i bet you that on all of the footage he's killing (laughs) it they're just editing that shit out because he's he's dropping bombs and that's what's selling and that's how you know he's being sold but you can't that that kid grew up with that embedded in his blood, and I just think that playing, yeah. like I said, playing devil's advocate, I think that okay, he said it himself. His style of wrestling was different from the Dagestani style of wrestling, of course, and that he's used to scrambling off his back right. and weird positions. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, for him to recognize it and know it, and now we get to see it in action. It'll be super high. I've been saying to um, I think Koster, I'm, I'm shout so out psyched. to From the East Side with Love. The shout out Coaster from the East Side with Love. The previews for pay-per-views. I've been saying to him, I just want to see... Khabib or any of these Dagestani fighters go up against a true all-American wrestler and just see what that type of clash of grappling looks like, including like Islam Magomedev. I want to see him fight Kevin Lee so badly just for that too, you know? And uh, what I was going to say about Gaethje specifically is I was telling Los, I watched uh, Gaethje in a few of his earlier fights in his career and saw him wrestling, like forced to wrestle. And I was saying the dude is constantly moving when he wrestles. And in the grappling setting, it reminds me of the pace he sets striking in that it's just nonstop. And I was telling him it's comparable to seeing a 155er move the way when two 125ers grapple. The way they're just constantly bop, 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 mm-hmm. throwing something. There's some type of attack coming at you mm-hmm. or something to throw you off balance. They never stop. Perpetual motion. Mm-hmm. That's what Gaethje looked like in the few times I've seen the few clips well, I saw. That's why his <clears throat> his cardio is where it's at. <coughs> I mean, Gaethje, Gaethje, for all intents and purposes, is a volume striker when he fights. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, it's it's not. He doesn't vary it too too crazily. It's you know, it's overhand right, left hook, right leg kick, inside leg kick. Um, but I mean, you know, there's that whole adage. That, you know, it's not the guy who has a thousand weapons, but the guy that practices that one weapon a thousand times yep. kind of mentality, which there's, there is some kind of validity to that because if you're so exceptional at one thing and no one can stop that one thing, you know, I mean, it's, you become a problem for everybody. You can be Ronda Rousey with the arm bar for, <coughs> for at least, yeah, until, someone, until people go, oh, the arm bar, huh? 
<laughs> well, I'm not going to let you take me down. How's well, that? I'll just move away from that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Step gonna away say, before you can grab me. I'm going to say no, no. Um, <laughs> and skip away and then kick you in the jaw. Um, What's this called? The wizard? Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> <You know>. Terrible. <laughs> but, um. So the other big fight we should talk about too is Dominic Cruz versus Henry Cejudo, which we were pissed about going into. Honestly, can I just say that the master of cringe, the father of cringy, the most cringiest cringe fighter of all fucking <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I thought if he won, that his cringe would be on times a thousand. And I got to be honest with you, so far I haven't heard from him yet. No, no, we've already hit massive cringe factor. Have we? I only saw the pillow thing. Wait, wait. I only saw the what? pillow thing. Who, I, hold on, hold on, hold on. Who is he hold on. beefing with right now on social media? Oh, okay. That's you. That's a that's a different level. The no, but cringiest I'm, level of cringe to me. Okay, so first of all, tell me about the pillow thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number one. Start with the pillows. <laughs> Henry Sejudo is the master of cringe. Now he is the only fighter that when he gets in the ring, I love him. But as soon as he steps one foot outside of that ring, I fucking hate that guy. Did you know that he won an Olympic gold medal? Yes, I know that. <laughs> just in case he didn't tell you. Every it's not that I hate him. Henry, I don't hate you. It's I just, he, uh, he intentionally cringes us. He does it on purpose. You think so? He masters the cringe outside the ring, and then he masters the fighting inside the ring. I think it's just part of his thing. So I would say he should be the quattro C. Because he should add the C for the cringe. Because he mastered that too. He could cringe you outside of the ring. As bad as he could <laughs> kill you <laughs> inside of the ring. He should be the quattro C. Oh my God. Quattro C. Quattro C. That's how I see, you know, Henry Cejudo. I think he gets in a lot of guys' heads. He does, <laughs> right? Works. They lose it concentration. Just he just, I just feel like he he's going to be. He fucks me up as a fan. <laughs> yeah. He's watching. I'm like, what am I seeing? I'm afraid I'm gonna open my blinds and Henry Cejudo's gonna be there. Yeah, so with his so pom -pom he had hair. he brought uh, three pillows and it was like Cruz's face, TJ Dillashaw's face, and uh, Marla Mudeyes. No, oh, was it Marla or was or it? Or maybe uh, DJ Demetrius Johnson, D probably Demetrius Johnson. Maybe it was Demetrius Johnson. Maybe it wasn't Cruz. It was the other three. Um, he brought a pillow of them, and then he like. After the fight, he's laying in bed with like the belts, and then he has the pillows on the other side with all their faces. <laughs> it was just that's disturbing. No, you know what? It was hilarious. <laughs> it's a little dexterous. However, <laughs> it was fucking cringy. <laughs> and then it, he it was hilarious on. and cringy. You could be both. Look, man. Then he Look, jumped on Twitter you, you and started both. challenging Ryan Garcia. To a boxing match. Oh, I don't recommend that course of action. This is literally asking for death. You're yeah. not even... At least Conor McGregor is good with his hands. Sehudo is decent with his hands, but he's better with his kicks, and he's a wrestler first. Oh, no. When he gets in trouble, no, no, he's no, got to no. grapple. But let's go back one step further. He retired. Oh. <laughs> he retired MMA. after his fight. 
and then got into an arguing match he about said, boxing. I've got my girlfriend. We got to start thinking about starting a family. How long is he? He was single for Mad Long because he was chasing after the Bella Twins. So this is like a year-long relationship. He's already I retiring just, to start I just, a family. Boxing. You're moving too fast, Cringe King. Boxing. Uh, <laughs> focus. <laughs> I just oh, think... Boxing Ryan would be the it would be hilarious. No, it wouldn't be hilarious. It'd be like watching a beating. <laughs> but because it's Henry, I'd probably like Girl, because that, it's a cringe king. Knock that pom pom off his head. God, and I used to I remember on the Ultimate Fighter being like, Man, Joe Benavides give cut Henry Cejudo some slack. He seems like a nice guy. And he became such an annoying dude that I'm like, man, I'm so glad Joe Benavides beat you. More than once, right? I think just once, but he never gave him that rematch for the belt. He never even tried to redeem himself. Instead, he was like, TJ Dillashaw, come down and fight me at a weight you never even made in college. It's a bullshit win to me. I don't count that win. I don't really, like, I don't rate those wins as highly as people are trying to say it's the best. He's got the best streak of wins with Demetrius Johnson, TJ Dillashaw, Marlon Moraes, and then Dominic Cruz. That's three all-time greats. And one dude that's doing work right now. But TJ Dillashaw, 125 pounds, made no sense to begin with. Yeah. Dominic Cruz literally was four years removed from getting his ass kicked the last fight that we saw him in. Convincingly. Yeah. And Demetrius Johnson, a lot of people gave Demetrius Johnson the decision. And he mm-hmm. fought four rounds of that fight on a torn ACL. So it's like, it's the most context is important set of wins I've ever seen for a streak. Um, well, here's the part that kind of upset me about the whole first even cruise. And I, I think when they announced it, I think I sent it to you and was like, <laughs> I, 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 I can't tell you how disinterested in this fight that I am. <laughs> Cause why was Cruz even given a chance? What, like to, for what, for what reason? Why? Because he's a commentator. Like for me, for me, it was just about for them we got to put a name on this because Cejudo is really not a draw. He's goofy looking. That's what He's it was, very right. cringy. And <laughs> no one fucking likes him. I don't even fucking like him. So let's give him something <laughs> right. that might, people might want to go and pay for the fight, you know? And cause Cruz had no right to be in there and you could see it. The moment Cruz started moving, I was like, Oh shit. He's got old man wheels. He was not the dominant Cruz that was tearing people up in his division back in the day. Not even close. No, no, he didn't look anything like that. And you know what he looked like to me when Bernard Hopkins had his last fight against Joe Smith, <laughs> how decrepit Hopkins looked. He, they, they did a pull away shot one time of Hopkins in the ring during that fight. And I remember seeing him and me being like, what the hell? Like, cause I saw Hopkins win in person, maybe two, three years earlier prior at the Barclay center. And he was a specimen even at that age. Mm-hmm. And this fight against Joe Smith, right? That's the guy's name. He didn't even, he looked like a fraction. He looked like, he looked like the Crypt Keeper in comparison. And I felt like when Cruz was moving, he looked like that. And then the fact that he was going after Cruz's legs, because he knows Cruz has hellacious knee problems because of the way he moves. Um, had that whole plantar fasciitis thing, right? Which is yeah. hard to recover from. You know, it, it just didn't make sense. And I thought that other guy that you were talking about, um, 
Jan. Oh yeah, my boy Peter Jan. I thought Peter Jan deserved that fight more than Dominic Cruz did. Absolutely, I one thousand percent agree with that. I mm-hmm. thought Peter Jan and Aljamain Sterling, who yeah. has had a hell of a run recently, through guys that are active and fighting in the UFC. Dominic Cruz has literally only been analyzing. So it was like, it. The, my problem was, what's he going to look like? And I thought he looked like a guy who hasn't fought for four years. Plus, even his physique didn't look right. Yeah, nothing. And he wasn't nearly as sharp. They didn't seem to have the pop on anything that he threw. Nope. His uh, instincts weren't where they used to be. Like, he used <clears> to time <throat> these little trips and shit where he would run at you and just put you on your ass for a second. He might not keep you down. But it would just make you think about the level change. Mm-hmm. None of that existed. No. Nothing even near that. Seudo controlled the entire fight. And then Cruz had the audacity to like really go after the referee. Uh, really complain about the stoppage. Even though he took, I think we counted 12 strikes yeah. unanswered. Yeah. Like the, the, the people that, that I was watching with were arguing with me that Cruz was getting up. I'm like, getting up? Getting, getting up to do what? He just <laughs> ate 10 shots in the face with his hands on the floor. Like he was literally down at all fours and he ate like, I think maybe like five or six shots. And then as he was turning with his hands still on the floor to quote unquote, get up, he was still getting shots rained on the side of his head and his face. Yep. So the, he should be kissing the referee's ass that he doesn't need reconstructive surgery on his grill. Yeah. Because Cejudo was not stopping. He was saying the, what did he say the ref? What smelled? Oh, he said the ref smelled like alcohol and cigarettes, and that the ref should be tested and drug tested. You know, the same way the fighters are. I think Dominic needs to put his ego in check. And honestly, no, but I, he's yo. Listen, I'm talking about he's going hard in. Like he said it first, then he came back and made another statement, <laughs> and now he's like pushing it. Like this guy smelled like alcohol and cigarettes, and. He made the wrong and call. And I have a feeling that smell started right after he got kneed in, in the, the face. face. <laughs> I have a feeling this is some concussion symptoms. I have no <laughs> idea what he's thinking, bro. He smelled like almonds. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I smell? Why do I smell chestnuts roasting on an open fire? Yeah. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> Santa? It's the ref. Get the fuck off me. <laughs> I'm trying oh, to man. sit on my knee. <laughs> yeah, oh, <man>. so. <laughs> so say Hudo retired and suggested something that sounded cool. Uh, you were telling us about, Joe. Yeah, he said that the, to fight for the belt, they should do a four-man tournament with the top four. Mm-hmm. And... I, I kind of, I, I actually do like the idea. I like the tournament style. However, <clears throat> I don't know if the UFC would go for having guys that fought fight again in the same night. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially. It like, wouldn't be the same night. They don't hold tournaments that way anymore. Like when they do them, they do them like months apart. They do in South American. Uh, what was it? I think. If there's still Valtudo, what the hell is the one pancreas well, still out there? If, they did a tournament a, that if, I watched on New Year's Eve. If that was there's fire. COVID tournament and if there's not COVID tournament. They still got the Kumite <laughs> some places. Yeah. The Kumite is going on somewhere. <laughs> but I mean, you know, that, uh, that uh, if they're going to do it over mm-hmm. several days, that's... So that's how Bellator has been doing their tournaments have been... Like, they still do a tournament format, but they've had little gimmicks going to them, even though they're not in the same night. Mm-hmm. So they had the quarterfinals, and then for the semifinals, they picked the first... They picked one guy's name out of a 
you know, at random, and that guy got to choose his opponent. You know what I mean? Or for the quarterfinals, they set up all the fights like that for uh, the lightweight tournament they're doing. I mean, that's honest, a good tournament. Honestly, I mean, even if they don't do a tournament, just take the top two. Yep, Jan and Sterling. Those yeah. were the two who should have been who should have been in the discussion for Cejudo to be. And, and maybe the reason they didn't do that was because maybe they knew Cejudo was going to retire. Could be, could be, but that's. Yeah, I guess so. Because now they have two guys that can actually fight for undisputed. Instead of if the guy who lost wins, then you've got a guy who just lost with the belt, and you just leave it like that. Oh. But what they need to do is bring back Kyoji Horiguchi. <laughs> <laughs> they need to bring back Kyoji Horiguchi to the UFC. Kyoji Horiguchi is like the most, the best fighter outside of the UFC for me. He's my favorite guy. Was that the one that gave rock. Johnson a lot of problems? Uh, yeah, he gave him he problems gave, when, they, when he was striking with Johnson. He gave him trouble, but he couldn't stop any takedowns. He was it was early. It was like early in his like come up. Yeah, like he got a lot better since then. So what happened was Johnson dominated by wrestling him, and then got the latest submission in UFC history against him with an armbar mm-hmm. right at the end of the fight. He fought to survive, but he couldn't hold him off till the very end. Um, he wound up going to, I think it was American top team after that and him and the crazy B team, which was like uh kid dynamite school. He went from crazy B to t- uh, American top team with them <coughs> training wrestling. And now if you watch him wrestle, I forget who the Bellator 135 pound champion was, but, uh, he was a wrestler and he could not take Horiguchi down. Gucci held him down the whole, like won that fight the by Gooch. just sprawling the whole time. Yeah. My guy, bro. The Gooch, Kyoji Horiguchi is the shit. He's so he's such a dope fighter who's grown a ton, and it's all happened in Japan in these fights that happen at like four in the morning. You got to stay up to see them, but they're great. I love it's like Pride Style, right? They're legal. You got to risk your freedom. <laughs> but yeah, Horiguchi is like the most slept on dude, and they they should bring him in again. Hmm. So where are we at? To, where what are else? we at tonight uh, with the card? Uh, Simon and Borg right now. Yeah, I think Drew Dober will probably be next. Actually, that's a good fight. Drew Dober versus who? I can't remember now. Hernandez. Wait. I think it's Drew Dober versus Alexander Hernandez. That's a real good fight. This is like the the guy with the long torsos and the short legs. Oh, next, yeah, next is a Dober versus Hernandez with the perfect ref. <laughs> the same ma- mashing build. The one with the hit, the other one looks like they took a top from somebody else and the legs of somebody else and put them together. So these fights from here on out are should be. There's actually good. quality fights. Yeah. So we've got probably about ten minutes to rock. Maybe we should let's do a couple of quick look at what's on the next card. The main events are Walt Harris versus Alistair Overeem, which is an interesting fight. I'm rooting for Walt Harris heavy on this one after what he's been through. I don't, I don't know his backstory. So, Walt Harris was supposed to... Let's he was on talk the come about up. the pain you've been having. <laughs> he was on the come up big. He was uh, smoking dudes. <laughs> and, like, he was kind of running parallel to uh, Curtis Blades on the come up of the heavyweight division. And Blades ran into Ngannou, and Walt Harris was kind of right on his heels. So, he was going to come up and be the next guy that was challenging. And he had an overring fight that was coming up. But he had to cancel the fight because his... Uh, Stepdaughter was missing, and he stepdaughter got kidnapped. She had been kidnapped, and uh, you know, unfortunately, 
she wound up having been murdered. So he's been out for a while because of that, you know. And this is his first fight back. So this is his return fight, and he's know? fighting Alistair Overeem. And after a long layoff, he's got to go up against one of the heavyweight divisions, you know, longest running killers, Alistair Overeem. It's a tough fight. But he's a great wrestler, and he's got power, so. And if he hits Reem anywhere near the face, he's done. Yeah, and Overeem's gotten a lot more chinny in recent history. Overeem's still a tricky fighter, an elusive fighter, but. Experience is there for sure. Yeah, but Harris is really good. I thought he was, I thought he was a better option. I thought he was going to surpass Blades. And that's still something I'm hoping I think a stiff breeze could drop Alistair Overeem, though, at this point. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, like. Yeah, I and you know it, it hurts me because Alistair is kickboxer in the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. and it hurts me to say that about him because you know he's like one of my idols growing up. But yeah, no, um, I think honestly he should just should he should stop. It's you know what he's still good enough because heavyweight division's kind of yeah, not as stacked. He's still good enough to compete. Yeah, That's but he's becoming a journeyman, Alistair. I keep telling you, consciousness over coochie, politics over punani. <laughs> <laughs> what's the other, what's the rest of that card? Are there any other fights? So I'm going with Wal Harris, so I'm taking him. Yes, You're going with like Wal Harris said. over Alistair? Yep, yep. I'm going to go with Alistair. Coming off, off of that craziness and trying to focus and fight. And Good point. I don't know, man. I got to I gotta go with Alistair. And and plus with the laxed, because of the coronavirus, uh, there's less testers in the field for, you know, <laughs> the, Mexican, <laughs> that. the Mexican supplements, the Mexican mix. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we the could gold, be getting Uberim back. Gold assist Uberim is back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so let's move on to the next one. <clears throat> <laughs> Which is it's Claudia Gadelha versus Angela Hill. Now this should be an interesting fight. Both of these women are vicious. This like lethal and skilled at what they do, but um, they both have their own. You know, a tale of fighters moving in two different directions with yeah. their careers, basically. So mm-hmm. we yeah. remember Claudia Gadelia from going to war with Joanna. I thought she might have. There taken was a point where she was the top of the cream of the crop. Yep, and then you know she started losing. She had cardio problems, and then she started losing, and you know she started to drop. Angela Hill, the opposite. She came in from the Ultimate Fighter, lost a couple fights, went to Invicta, worked her way back to the UFC. And she, I believe, has a running stoppage. Uh, no, she lost it because she just fought Loma Lukunme. And she Loma took her to a decision. But she had been stopping women. She was getting stoppages. She's gotten way better. She was winning fights by taking women down, including Loma. Uh, she took Loma down a few times to cinch that, to cinch that one. But uh, high-level striker who has now added grappling... Although I think she was a better, I liked her striking prior to as she's become more well, grappling I mean, oriented. Was, you know, she was big in the New York Muay Thai scene. I, I saw her fight one time in a church basement. Right, yeah. <laughs> that's what's up. I saw bro. her fight, and then the same night I saw Eric Utz fight. That's dope. Yeah, in a church basement. In a church basement. 
Man, I miss I miss going to like those little you know basement events, super small. And, and uh, she, the, I remember, I remember Angela because that's back when Angela had that big fro, and she came out and she fucked this girl up. It wasn't even. <laughs> I was like, damn, the girl with the fro is pissed. She she came out all smiles. She beat Luke for me. Yeah, she beat her decision though. She didn't get to finish her. And she, I don't know who that poor girl was, but she tore home girl up. It was not even competitive. Mm-hmm. And and apparently, you know, I, I it was my first time seeing Angela fight live, and uh, so I went back and did some research on her after that, and I was like, whoa, this girl's on a tear. Yeah. And then when I saw she was going into the, because um, she was on the Ultimate Fighter, mm-hmm. yep. and I remember seeing her on the Ultimate Fighter, and be like, hey, that's the girl I saw fighting crazy, and uh, yeah, well, I mean, you could see that she was very limited back then, but you know, I um, I didn't know at the time how limited she was, and I also didn't know you know, how last minute her going into the ultimate fighter house was, mm-hmm. it was kind of like, a, eh, I'll give it a shot and we'll see what happens. And then they, when they picked her, she was just a shock too. <laughs> yeah. And she's grown. Like you can see it that she's grown and really taking the sport on. Well, and she's actually I actually pretty intelligent. I'm looking forward to seeing her yeah. against Godelia because she's gotten so much. She really does. She's an intelligent fighter and a tough fighter. So. But she doesn't have the mileage Godelia has. Like you said, Gadea's had some wars yep. where she's gotten, you know, even though she's won, she's looked worse for wear. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, know, you, you hate to see it, but when they start putting mileage on like that, it's, you see them diminished. Like they said, like, like for example, with a ream, they get, yeah. they get chinny. Yep. And speaking of mileage, actually, we can look back at, uh, how did you guys feel about Cerrone Pettis? I felt like, man, these guys... That was terrible. It, they're so far from where they were at that their was, peak, you know. Well, let me tell you. Let me. It's great let, fight. Let me go. Like, let me look a at, quality fight. Let me look at it but. two ways. First of all, first of all, I absolutely loved it, and I was so excited to see some kind of sports because I haven't watched anything except the fucking wall for months. No, maybe not. We are. It took a few weeks. It just felt like forever. Since I've had anything new like that to so watch. So Pettis vs. Cowboy was cool. So Pettis, all the entire card was more enhanced. Mm-hmm. It was like watching it on crack. So let me give it a plus. <laughs> it was let me give it a plus three. All right. I'll give it a plus three on crack. All also, right? I just want to say that to, having no crowd made the sound so much more. Yes. Impactful. When they were choking and they were dying, it was like. <laughs> <laughs> like you heard it, so like- it's tough, right? So let me give it on that. But I'll also say that um, what I thought was uh, if if I if you watch it, trying to think of who is the most best MMA masterful, uh, skillful technique person, you know, you're watching it one way. And if you watch it, like, let me watch two guys brawl out so I could see some kind of fucking entertainment. There were two different things going on. And and you saw it that way. And I just thought the fights were really good. Everybody went out there and put their heart out there. And you can sort of see it as the levels went on up to the main event where the skill level also increased with the match mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know and it was like out uh, and the on the early prelims i was expecting much now let me tell you this when i saw fucking bryce mitchell oh bryce mitchell go was to dope. work 
and apply like so. 10 fucking twister attempts. <laughs> I was like, I was calling every jujitsu school around. I was like, any, are you free? <laughs> I got a train. Is there, can you show me that? Is there some way that you could teach me any of that? That it was insane to see <clears throat> how smooth he was at transitioning to specifically the goddamn, uh, Twister, man. He was setting it up. That was, he was ridiculous. Forcing the, he was setting up little Twister traps. I've never seen that before. I, I'm just saying. It, but He's like, if Korean zombie can do it, so can I. <laughs> but but overall, overall, watching Bryce Mistral's performance on the ground really made me like, I was like, wow. Like, I, like I hit up Will, like, Will. Like I'm gonna have to like come over <laughs> and guess what fucking just training. What the hell? Like I need this is ridiculous. Like, yeah, seriously. I mean, I do you remember Bryce Mitchell's fight where the the kid who put in the like fucking ten twister? I didn't attempts? get to see that fight. Oh, oh man. man, I I gotta run that back for you when we're done rocking. Yeah, if definitely. you have time, I do. Yo, um, not like I'm going anywhere. This kid, this kid. <laughs> This kid on the ground. Nasty, it sounds like. He does some magical work. I'm serious, bro. Yo, it's insane. He's like Lucky Charms. I was like, 911. So They're like, what What are you calling for? I was like, where's the nearest jujitsu gym? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, fuck you. It's COVID-19. The, the fight that I actually started seeing the card from was the Michelle Waterson fight. Oh, watching a lot of axe kicks. That were happening from way too far out for that axe kick to do uh, anything. Listen, the, the Michelle Waterson fight just speaks about evolution and the lack thereof. For both women in that fight, actually. Yeah. Too. Like Carla Esparza mainly. Look like Carla Esparza. Blitzing forward. And punching, punching, punching. I'm going to look like I'm going to take you down and then I'm going to throw the overhand. Or I am going to take you down. You know, but... Or not much go, variance. Punchy, 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 punchy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rock'em, sock'em, robots. And, now. you know, uh, Karate Hottie constantly playing it safe. A lot of little choppy stuff, but nothing with much pop to it. And that and, terrible sidekick to the front leg that she just does not have. She, uh, you know, and I honestly still would have edged it to her just because Carla didn't do much. Because she's cute. And, you know, I, I like her better. So, but yeah, no, they every round was close. The takedown at the end of the first gave Carla the first, but I thought the second round was definitely Watterson's and the third round was competitive. All right, listen, we're going to talk shit for the whole rest of the night. We got over an hour in. Yeah, we should probably lock this one in. Do you have anything else? You want? Yeah, we could do that. Just on the last. have to lock it up. Do you have do you well, want to immortalize an album or something? What do you want to do? You want to fucking MDC before we go out? We I don't do care. that. We could do that. Just on the last uh, MMA-related tip, on Saturday, Song Yadong is fighting, and that motherfucker's a killer. So that's another guy to watch out. He's fighting Marlon Vera, too, so that's a really good fight. Song Yadong. Let's that's go. a dude? Yep. <laughs> Yo, with a name like that, he better be a good fighter. <laughs> He's an absolute beast. Song Yadong, get ready. Let me guess. Is he is he Korean? Uh, probably. Song it down. Let's see, no flags. Uh, oh, China, China. Wow. He's rapping. Let's go, dude. This dude's a killer, man. He's real nice with it. So, 100% takedown accuracy Damn. in the uh, UFC so far. And KO power. But you want to know what's. I, I, I want to just kind of throw this out there. Do you notice that the UFC is the only. 
organization for combat sports that got to have fights played. Like, we don't see professional boxing. I don't think anybody else was in such a rush to put events yeah. back on. And UFC, and Dana White's friends with Trump, bro. <laughs> like, that's just You're shitting up. me. Yeah. Dana oh, White. Is, Trump has been a big supporter. Of Dana White is a massive supporter of Trump. Friends with Trump. They're supporting. Like, they're. Hmm. Um, when shit hit the fan and um, senators were going after MMA, after UFC won, I don't know, it was like one, two, and three, or just like it was early. When senators started going after them, um, fucking, when they, I don't know how the whole case went. I, I got to mm-hmm. go back and look at the story, but everybody's at home like fucking asshole. You fucking up the whole story. Yeah, I know I am. But yeah, you could Google it. Trump was, but, but you the know, bottom line is Trump was the only person the who would time. let UFC do events, an event at their show, at, at their, their venue, at their hotel in Vegas, in Atlantic City, in Jersey. So when we went to see, uh, was it Frank? We saw we saw Frank Mir. We saw Tank Abbott. Wow. We saw it was like UFC. Like it was way Bro. early. I still have the I still have the card, the magazine, mm-hmm. the the fucking whatever. What do they? Call I was that? looking the, at the, one of the, the old cards we the went program. to. I still have the program in my fucking basement downstairs. We went to a card um, where pre Ultimate Fighter Forrest Griffin was on the prelim. We were. Probably we had no idea who he was. Didn't even notice that he was on it. Like looking back at some of those old cards, I forgot. Frank who he watched. Mir Matt Lindley, tapped I think out um, Tank Abbott by toe grab in like <laughs> fucking thirty seconds. Toe hold, toe hold, or whatever the fuck. Toe grab. <laughs> he grabbed his toe. <laughs> <laughs> Abbott panicked. <laughs> <laughs> So my, this my little piggy, though. <laughs> it was over. <laughs> this giant piggy. <laughs> Went to the market. Whatever, is, is, is Tank Abbott still with us? I think so. I think I'm pretty so. sure. What the hell does he do? He's probably still fighting somewhere, man. He's no, crazy. no. He Tank was Abbott's he was uh, not in good shape. No. And then oh, he was... Man. And then he... Medical? Suppose, yeah, medically was in good shape. And then supposedly he got back in, back in better shape. But I don't... I haven't... Probably a bouncer somewhere. I haven't looked into that story, so... But shout out to Tank Abbott, because that was a great yeah, time. Um, at that time... Rico Rodriguez came out and uh, kicked the shit out of somebody. He brought his big ass flag, and uh, oh man, who I forget who it was he fought, but he fucked somebody up. Was, Am I remembering right? Was it Tim Sylvia? Uh, I remember him kicking somebody in the leg and chopping them down like a tree. And I also remember Rico Rodriguez just throwing open palm strikes. If I'm remembering right, am I crazy for that? Buggy, I'm not sure. It was way back, man. This we're talking about like before super bad old days. Yeah, before the gloves. I, I have to go, but <laughs> yeah. I do have the program, so I won't come up. In case anybody thinks I'm I'm fucking this up, I'll go get the program. We went to more than one because right. I remember we saw right, when, motherfucker. Uh, go get it. What's his name? Arlovsky was still no, the champ. We saw Arlovsky headline. No, but um, yeah, man. Saw a main event of Arlovsky knock somebody out. Oh, I think a fireman. That picture I showed you of me with Arlovsky, that was from an IFL. Word. Yeah. <laughs> he looks humongous next to you. I love going okay. to those events because a lot of people come out to watch their teammates, like big fighters. So you always get to meet some cool yeah. people. At I get to meet Boss Rootin too. Word. Yeah. That's one of the cool ones. That's so dope. 
Boss Rutan sounds like he's like fun to me, but also scary. If I were to want to do a take home, watch a DVD, and learn how to defend myself, I would buy Boss Rutan's Barroom Brawling. And then action. I did like that. that, that, ah. that so cool. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I got to meet him again because they did a they did a super seminar in um, New York in Queens, and uh, he Dwayne was there, and uh, Boss came, and um, I have a picture with them, and. Boss is super cool. He's 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 a joke. He's, he likes to joke around a lot. So in the picture, um, have you ever seen that movie he did? Here comes the boom. Mm-hmm. Him and um, the main character had a, had a joke where it was like twisting like that. <laughs> so in, in the picture, it's me and Boss going twisting, and, and Dwayne just staying there looking like tough. <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne stays in tough mode. He was Hell like, yeah. no. Uh, that movie Here Comes the Boom is low key funny as hell. I don't know if it's just because I'm a MMA fan oh, yeah, stand out because it's all, it's all like uh, fan service oh, of yeah. Jameis Spiders. Jason Miller's in it. A, uh, Anthony Rumble Johnson. Yeah. When he pukes on Miller, that was hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great, great, sh- uh, great movie in my book. Yeah. But I also like like the Michael Bisping movies and stuff. I'll watch those. Misha Tate's in it. I'll check that out. I just saw a movie recently where Bisbing played like a um, some kind of military guy. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I the last one I saw was like him at a town teaching a dude to street fight for like wow to MMA fight, but for street fights basically. That's interesting. It was it was trippy. He do, he's done some movies though. He's in this shit. Shout out to Michael Bisping, the Count. That's right. Hall of Fame. The royal penis is clean, your highness. <laughs> 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 perfect alright <laughs> ladies and gentlemen <laughs> now that my shit's cleaned up uh, <laughs> I think we're gonna get <laughs> I think we're gonna get hit the road <laughs> we got yeah the good fights are now on Drew Dober and Hernandez are fighting we've got a couple more fights to watch so alright no, listen, listen ladies and gentlemen thank you for tuning in to the fans perspective I'm your host Charlie Tricks, and I really appreciate you. Um, you know, Remy Say is in the building. That's good. Prior, hold on, I'm gonna let you give a shout out in a second. Just wanted to say shout out to my man Joe for coming through, friend wow. of show. And Always a pleasure doing what he does. Um, and as I mentioned before, we'll have Joe back plenty of times to fucking fill in because. Uh, he's a voice we need on the show. Let me say, what do you got to say before we check out? Not much, man. Thank you all for listening. The I'm super hyped that we have fights to watch again and to discuss. I'm really excited for where the UFC is going right now in terms of where the title fights are happening. So hopefully we'll do more of these. And thank you, Joe. Joe has been on the show and made like really good predictions every time. So if you're listening to us, Joe has a, a huge hit rate of telling us what's going to happen in fights. <laughs> Thanks. Come see me. Eight Venoms Muay Thai, guys. Shout out. There you go. <laughs>